Thank you for tuning in. We trust that you will be blessed and refreshed as you hear this message. The title of this morning's message is Receiving Mercy, Finding Grace. You like to repeat that? Receiving Mercy, Finding Grace. Amen. Amen. No. <laughs> What's the title of the message? One more time. So uh, how do you receive mercy? How do we find grace? Well, that's what breaking your bread is all about. Now, this is what Jesus said to his disciples. It's recorded in Luke chapter 22, verse 14 onwards. When the hour had come, he sat down, and the 12 apostles with him, then he said to them, with fervent desire, I have desired to eat the Passover with you before I suffer. For I say to you, I will no longer eat of it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. So what Jesus was initiating was not only for the present, but also for the future coming of the kingdom. Then he took the cup and gave thanks. He took the cup first, gave thanks, and said, Take this and divide it among yourselves, for I say to you, I will not drink of the fruit of the wine until the kingdom of God comes. The kingdom of God is the rule of God uh, uh, on earth. So I will not drink of the fruit till the kingdom of God comes. And then he took bread, gave thanks and broke it, and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you to do this in remembrance of me. Likewise, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is shed for you. So this was a prophetic statement that Jesus was making with his disciples. And it's a prophetic statement followed with a prophetic action. Breaking of the bread symbolized the breaking of his body. The wine symbolized the flowing of his blood for our redemption. Now, Jesus initiated this practice of breaking of bread for us to, to have a constant reminder that we are no longer under the old covenant, but we are under the new covenant. You know, we may say that we are New Testament Christians, but a lot of Christians are still living Old Testament practice. And that's why the breaking of bread was done as often as it could be because it was a constant paradigm shift in people's thinking, in people's experience with God, and in people's belief. The shift was moving away from the old covenant and moving to the new covenant. The old covenant was based on law and justice, you break a law, you face, the, you face judgment or the justice of that. And under the old covenant, the people were fearful of coming into the presence of God. We see an example of that in Exodus chapter 20, verse 18. When Moses was on Mount Sinai, receiving the Ten Commandments, the people witnessed a supernatural manifestation 
and they were fearful of God. It says, and people witnessed the thunderings, the lightning flashes, the sound of the trumpet, and the mountain smoking. And when the people saw it, they trembled and stood afar off. They said to Moses, you speak to us, we will hear, but let not God speak to us lest we die. They were afraid. But now is the con we see the contrast in the New Testament where the Bible gives us an invitation to the throne room of God. And it says here, we can come to the throne, the very throne, the very presence of God with, with boldness and with confidence. Let's look at Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16. Now, I want us to look at these words carefully. I'm reading from the Amplified Version. Let us then fearlessly, can you say the word fearlessly? Absolutely no fear. You come before God fearlessly. And what's the next word? Confidently. And what's the next word? Look at those three words. This is an invitation for every single human being on the face of this earth. And God is inviting us to come into his presence face to face with him fearlessly confidently and boldly let's draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace. We are not drawing into the presence of God to have goosebumps on our hand and say, woohoo, there's such a good feeling in the presence of God. We are drawing close into the presence of God because we can receive and find grace. Now it continues and it says, find grace to help in good time for every need, appropriate help well-timed help coming just when we need it. So the objective of us having this invitation from God is that we will receive mercy. How do we receive mercy? And then we will look at finding grace. It sounds like a girl's name, finding grace, but that's, that's not what we're talking about, okay? The first thing that we need to do when we want to receive mercy is acknowledge our need for mercy. How many of you acknowledge the need for God's mercy in your life? Put your hand up. I've got both my hands up. If I had one more, that would also have gone up. We are desperately in need of the mercy of God. And the reason why I say that, because we have terribly fallen from what God has expected us to be. And therefore, we are all as, as sinners. We are sinful in our sinful state. Romans chapter 3 verse 10 says, There is none righteous, no, not one. Romans chapter 3 verse 23 says, all have sinned. All the apostles have sinned. Mother Mary has sinned. That's why even she says, cried out to God in, in that prayer, O Savior, 
she recognized the need of a savior. Every, every single human being born in this, in this world is born sinful. Sin is in our very genes. We inherited the sinful nature from our grand, 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 great, grand, grand, grandfather Abraham, Adam and Eve. And that's how we inherited that sinful nature. Everyone born in flesh, born in flesh, born sinful. We don't sin and become sinners because we are born sinful, we have a tendency to sin. Now, those of you who have been doing the keys to victorious living, there's a chapter there that teaches you that you are righteous. And you heard me teach you that you are righteous. And yes, we are righteous because of his grace. We are never righteous in our own effort. We are righteous as in, in the grace of God, it's his gift that, we has, that has declared us as righteous people. And so we live in a tension between our sinful state at the same time knowing we are made righteous in the presence of God. That's where you find grace. You are merciful, you receive mercy, for mercy when you know that you're sinful and God is merciful, he pardons you. You find grace in his throne, before his throne, to when he declares you as righteous. And that's why I'd like you to look at this diagram. You know when the Bible says that all have fallen short of the glory of God, the glory of God is the character of God. We were made in the image of God. Can you see that white circle inside? That speaks of our righteousness. God created you and me in Genesis chapter 1 verse 27. He created mankind to be just like him, to think like him, to have the emotions he has, to speak like him. That's why Jesus is called the last Adam, because we created to be like him. But when man sinned, Adam and Eve sinned, he fell from that mark, not to the gray area, but even outside that dartboard. We fell so far. And because we're living outside that white mark of what God called us to live in his righteousness and true holiness, we live in the awareness that we are all in need of the mercy of God. Mercy is you getting what you don't deserve, is you getting what you don't deserve. You don't deserve, sorry, is getting what you don't deserve. That's what mercy is. You get pardon for the consequences of our sin. You can't earn mercy. You can't demand mercy. You can only receive mercy. Mercy comes only from the person who is merciful. He has no other reason to be merciful to us apart from who he is. And that person is God himself as a merciful God. 
Romans chapter 6 verse 23 says, The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal, is, is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. The wages of sin is death. You see, sin is the absence of God's holiness. And every time we fail to walk in love, every time we fail to walk in, in forgiving others the way God forgave us, every time we fail to be generous the way God has been generous to us, every time we fall short in our thinking the way God would think, we are falling short of that standard of holiness. And that's why I keep asking people the question, did you sin this morning? And they keep thinking, thinking, what did I do? What did I do? It's not what you did, it's what you didn't do. And most of the time we think of sin in, in terms of what we did. But I want you to look at sin from God's perspective of what we didn't do. We didn't show the love that God wanted us to, to show. He, we didn't show the forgiveness or the kindness that God wanted us to show. We didn't demonstrate the holiness that God wanted us to demonstrate. Therefore, we have fallen short and we are sinners in need of the mercy of God. Can somebody shout amen? And that's why the Bible is saying, even though we are aware of our sin, we can come fearlessly. Why? Not based on our merit, based on, I know God is a merciful God. Can someone shout this out? God is a merciful God. One more time. God is a merciful God. We must see the need for his mercy every day. And this is why Lamentations chapter 3 verse 22 to 23 says, Though the Lord's mercy, through the Lord's mercy, we are not consumed. They understood it. Because of his mercy, we're not consumed. Hey, let me say this. None of us can say, God has blessed me because I've lived a righteous life. That's total arrogance. If we are blessed, it's the mercy and the grace of God. If you're healed, it's the grace and the mercy of God. If you've received provision, it's the grace and the mercy of God. None of us merit anything. Then it goes on to say, his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. And all the oldies will know the, the hymn, Great is that faithfulness. And if we can sing that hymn, we'll all come alive again. It's a lovely hymn. Great is that faithfulness. You know why his mercies are renewed every morning? Because every morning we need it. Because every morning we say, Lord, it's your renewed mercy I'm standing today. It's your renewed mercy towards me. I have access into the Holy of Holies. I can come fearlessly because your mercies are renewed every morning. That's why it's good to spend time with God in the morning. You cash in with his mercy, not late at night. No, it's okay. I'm not making a doctrine of it. And it says every morning, his mercy, every day, God is renewing his mercy towards you and towards me. I love the mercy of God. I wish I could preach a whole message on it, but breaking your bread, I just, you know, 
We don't have a right to demand anything from God. Nothing. No. We cannot demand anything. But there's one thing we can do. Say, Lord, I'm in need of your mercy. And I receive it. I receive it. The second thing to receive his mercy is acknowledge his character. Look at the character of God. God is a merciful God. This has been one of the foundational verses in Adonai. Exodus chapter 34 verse 6. The Lord passed before Moses and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord, he is he is merciful. He is gracious. He's slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. He's merciful. The first quality he revealed to, uh, to Moses about himself, I'm a merciful God. And you know what? Mercy and grace are married to each other. Wherever mercy, grace follows. Mercy and grace. God's throne is not a throne of judgment, but it's a throne of mercy. And that's why even in the Old Testament, we read so much of judgment, but basically, we understand beyond that judgment, there's a God who is merciful, and I'd like you to see this picture. And this is the Ark of the Covenant in the Old Testament. And on top of the Ark of the Covenant, that two angels are there, the cherubims are guarding what's called the mercy seat. Symbolic to those who come to God, you will receive the mercy of God. Not because we deserve it, but because of who he is. He gives it to us. He demonstrates. He pardons us. He extends his mercy towards us. The psalmist understood God as a God of mercy in the Old Testament. Psalm 103, verse 11. For as, for as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his mercy towards those who fear him. So great. You cannot compare the distance between heaven and earth. And God is saying, he's so merciful. You know, let me do it my style. Can you kindly lift your hands and begin to thank God and say, God, Lord, I can never measure your mercy towards me. Begin to worship him. And Father, thank you that your mercy is so vast and it's so great that it accommodates every single soul, Lord. Thank you for being merciful. We worship you, Lord, this morning. And that mercy is renewed towards us every morning, every day. You renew your mercy. You are so merciful, Lord. We want to thank you for that this morning. Thank you for who you are. You know, the psalmist was not a person that lived a squeaky clean life. Now, I'm not going to pull out all the dirty things he did. But he really fell short of the grace of God. All the murder, the adultery, everything. But, but, he knew there's a God of mercy. 
It's one thing to know how deep in sin you are. It's another thing to know how big the mercy of God is. The mercy of God is so big, it can embrace the biggest sinner. The mercy wraps his, his mercy wraps his arms around us. In 2 Samuel 24, verse 14, now this is what the psalmist said, or David said. David said to Gad, I am in great distress. Please let us fall into the hand of the Lord, for his mercies are great. But do not let me fall in the hand of men. How many of us can shout a loud amen to that? I mean, you go to man, you get a smack. They'll be quick to judge you top to bottom. And David understood the character, the nature of man. Man will judge you. He says, please, in my distress, I want to fall in the hands of God because I know he's a merciful God. Let me, Lord, be spared from people. Hello? <laughs> it's a very, very unfortunate thing. You will get this much also is too much of mercy from people. You know how quick people can judge, but very, very slow to show mercy. And you and I were created in the image of God to demonstrate mercy to people. And I pray that we will be a people that knows what it is to show mercy. Mercy to the poor, mercy to people, mercy to your enemies. It's mercy. And the psalmist said this, I'd rather fall in the hands of God because there, there are chances of me getting mercy than in the hands of men. You can go home and look at all the other verses. This is appetizers for you. The third way, a third point of receiving the mercy of God is by confessing and believing. That's the third way of receiving the mercy, confessing to God. You see, am I saying God doesn't judge anyone? This is it. Every person, all of mankind was under the judgment of God. Because we have fallen short, we've rebelled, we've gone away, and therefore we're under, the, under judgment. Because the wages of our sin is that. And then God opened up a shop called mercy. And he says, all those who are struggling in judgment come over this side. You get mercy here. And everyone who comes in, they receive mercy. But those who don't come into his kingdom to receive mercy, then they continue to walk in the judgment of God. And so God has given the whole world a fair chance to either receive his mercy, which is unconditional, or to continue to live in hostility towards him. And so he sent Jesus to take the penalty for our sin. For us to receive his mercy didn't come cheap. Someone had to take justice for us to receive mercy, and that someone was Jesus himself. And that's why breaking of bread is a reminder that his blood that was shed was what justice demanded. And Jesus came into this world, paid justice for you and me, 
so that we can receive the mercy of God. So it's not about cheap mercy. No, justice was satisfied by Jesus being the Lamb of God so that we can be recipients of his mercy. 1 John 1, 9 says, Therefore confess your sins. He is faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us of all our unrighteousness. Confessing is admitting. Confessing is saying, Lord, I agree, Lord, I've sinned. I have fallen short of walking in love, fallen short in, 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 in walking in truth. I confess that. And he's faithful and he's just to forgive us. Not just forgive us, but to eradicate every trace of it. Cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Proverbs 28, 13 says, He who covers his transgressions will not prosper. You, you will not gain anything by hiding your transgression. It's not that God doesn't know already what you did. He already knows what you did. He wants you to come clean and confess and say, yes, I did it. Because he appreciates truth. You cover, you, you confess your sin, you get cleansed, you cover it. It says, you forsake mercy. Let me read that verse. He who covers his transgression will not prosper, but whoever confesses and forsakes his sin will obtain mercy. Not just confess, but forsake your sin will obtain, will receive mercy. Ephesians 2, 4 to 5. But God who is rich in mercy because of his great love toward, with, towards us, even when we are dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. So you look at what the Bible is saying. We're dead in our sins, but because he's rich in mercy and great in love, he made us alive. Spiritually, we came alive by his forgiveness and acceptance. Isaiah 55, verse 7. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord and he will have mercy on him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. So what is the difference between mercy and grace? The mercy of God will pardon you. The grace of God will transform you. You want to write that down? The mercy of God will, will pardon you. The grace of God will transform you. The grace of God will enable you. Mercy embraces you. Grace transforms you. And that's why we must understand that mercy brings us, draws us into his presence. The grace of God helps us in his presence. And that's why wherever there is grace, you will find grace in the time of your need. In, the, in other words, you will find help in the time of your need. The grace of God is the unmerited favor of God. Unmerited. Nothing earned, nothing demanded. Unmerited favor of God. That God demonstrates towards us so that we will be blessed we will be healed, we will receive forgiveness, we will be declared righteous, we receive the provision of God, 
all because of grace. You know, I've got to deviate a little bit. I'm reminded of times when I minister to people. And I had this girl uh, sitting in front of me ministering. I was, we were both ministering to her. And she had such a clean record. She says, I never committed adultery. I never slept with any man. I accepted the Lord when I was young. I went to church. I, I read the Bible. I fasted. Why I am not being blessed? I said, because you're too good. She says, what? Pastor saying I'm too good? Pastors always make people guilty. Generally. Okay, some pastors. And you them saying you're too good. She says, I said, what? I wish I lived the life you live. Good. And because you live such a good life, you didn't see the need for his mercy and grace. And that's the danger for all of those people who come before God based on your righteousness. You think you've lived such a good life, you want to get up in the morning. Hey, Victor, you've done a good job. You prayed, you fasted, you gave. What a guy you are. And God says, oh, oh he doesn't need me. My mercies cannot be renewed to, towards him. He, he, he's, he's, doing, he's working it out himself. Oh, are you with me, church? I'm not saying we're not able, we should not live the righteous life. No, the grace of God enables us to live the righteous life. But we live it in the grace and the power of the Holy Spirit. We do it in full awareness. God is merciful. And no matter what I do, I lock myself in a room. Don't speak to anyone. Don't think anything wrong. I'll still fall short of the holiness and the standard of God. And therefore, live every day. Every day, I remind myself, he's merciful towards me. He's merciful. You know, I'm more reminded of the mercy of God sometimes than the grace of God. I am alive because of the mercy of God. I have access because of the mercy of God. I have nothing to boast. And I wonder whether do you have anything to boast? Let me know. I'll be very fascinated, but not God. I will. I will be very fascinated. Oh, great. If there's anything that we've accomplished, it's the grace of God. Never our strength, never our merit, it's the grace of God. When you understand receiving mercy, finding grace, you have no choice but to humble yourself in the presence of God and say, God, I'm a needy man. Are you with me? The way you find grace, we're moving to the second one, finding grace. How do we find grace? We find grace by humbling ourselves and looking to Jesus for his help. That's how you find grace. James chapter 4 verse 6 says, but he gives more grace 
Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. What a deadly verse. Deadly in the right sense, deadly. I mean, if God is resisting the proud, quit being proud because you have the devil opposing you, you have God opposing you, God really help you. He resists the proud. Who is a proud person? A proud person is a self-confident, a self-made man and a self-made woman. If you come across a self-made person, you will smell pride from him. With all the perfume he puts, you still smell pride. But he gives grace to the humble. He gives grace. In Mark chapter 10, verse 46, in that passage, we see an excellent example of how a man received, received mercy and found grace in the time of need. When Jesus and his disciples were walking through Jericho, there was a large crowd following him. <clears throat> but there was a man that was sitting on the roadside begging. His name is called Bartimaeus. And when he heard that Jesus was passing by, all he could think of is crying out and saying, Jesus, have mercy on me. And when the crowd tried to silence the voice of a humble, simple beggar, he didn't stop. He cried out aloud even more, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. He cried so loud for mercy, they couldn't drown his voice. It caught the attention of the master. And the Bible says, when Jesus heard his cry for mercy, he stopped because he was the merciful mercy giver. He stopped. And then he said to the crowd, bring him, let him come. There can be a multitude of people following Jesus, but a very few understand the need for mercy. Where are you this morning? Where are you in your Christian life? Where are you in your journey in this world? Do you see the need for mercy? This beggar on the, sitting on the roadside cried out, Son of David, have mercy on me. When he came to Jesus, he received mercy. And then Jesus asked him, what do you need? And he says, I am blind. You see the whole aspect of him confessing his need? Jesus could see he was blind. But he wanted the blind man to confess his need in case he had a different need. And the blind man says, I am blind, I want to see. And when he confessed and he put his faith in Jesus, he found grace. And Jesus said to him, your faith has made you whole. Your faith has made you whole. You know, 
when you come to God with all humility, confessing your need and saying, God, doctors don't have the answer. They can treat the symptom, but God can restore the very root of it. No one has the solution for your sin except God. And when you come to that place in your Christian life where you feel helpless apart from God, you have reached that place of finding grace. Are you listening to me? And I'm going to say that again. When you come to the end of yourself and when you realize there's nothing and there's no one who could help you but Jesus, you're beginning to find grace. And that was the place where this blind man was, was when he approached Jesus. I need your mercy. I need you to pardon me. I need you to extend grace towards me. He says, your faith, the faith in receiving from Christ, from Jesus, helped him to receive his sight. And he was healed. Worship team, can you please come up this morning? Today, you've seen them. There are many stories in the Bible I enjoy my preparation time because I have a feast looking at all the stories. I tell you one. But you want to enjoy more, you go back and you look at it. How people received mercy and found grace. And every morning, every day, we have the opportunity to receive mercy and find grace in the time of need. All of us are needy people. We are in need of healing of our emotions. We are in need of our spirits being healed and being forgiven and know what it is to be loved and to be accepted. We need that from God. We are all in need of physical healing. We are in need to be, of being restored in our character, free from the torments of the enemy. We have an opportunity to receive grace Come before God and say, God, I am good as gone. If you don't step on the scene, I'm trusting you. May I find grace. I pray for all of you and all of those listening online. We'll find grace this morning as we break bread. That we will know what it is to see a manifestation of his grace that will transform us. The manifestation of his grace that will help us in our time of need. Tune in for a new message next week. To know more, visit us at www.adonichurch.in.